0: Oh, God Sorry. Fuck oh, it. I forgot to tell you. I'm going to clap this in. Uh, are you in me? That's just the only time I'll ever let I'll, someone say that.
1: I don't get, gotta catch a plane. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, how deep in me are how you? How deep are you?
0: Is it just the tip? <laughs> or?
1: Hi. I'm an American. And I'm here for you. I mean, I did fuck
2: up. I mean, off, you, you fucked off. On my training, cause <laughs> I, I did, stood in a doorway and, right.
1: and I shot at people two No no's, right? Gaboom, <laughs>
0: gaboom, boom. Like, fuck you. Did you ever really lose? couple of brothers or like um, that you knew or was it just was it more of a hey guys and gals welcome to another episode of beyond the ink today i've got a very special guest his name is keith darnall we are working on a tremendous triple cover-up if you will it's your good side bad side somebody did something <laughs>
1: it's my hot mess. It's
0: your hot mess. That uh, yeah, I, I it's been the bane of my existence right now. No, I'm kidding. I, I like it. It's not a not a horrible piece, but um, and we'll get into all that. I'll show you some of what we've been doing. But uh, yeah, without further ado, welcome to
1: Beyond the Ink. So I grew up in a small town in Oregon. Uh, Oregon, nice little butthole town. Um, <laughs> My freshman year in high school I knew I really uh didn't want to go to college. I had no interest in school. Mm-hmm. So I'd uh run across my best friend's uncle who was a Marine and just, you know, completely terrified me. So he, like, he
0: scared the shit out of you? Or? Yeah, he oh, was okay. just
1: he was one of those people that, you know, you try to joke with and kind of just looks at you like
0: Like I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, punch you in the <laughs> face and watch
1: you <laughs> spasm. I don't care if you're twelve. Yeah. Um, so it kind of intrigued me so my freshman year in high school I was like I'm just going to go in the Marine Corps I'm not going to take this whole high school thing seriously and college seriously or yeah. worry about all these, this other crap all these kids are worried about as far as the uh, you know, um, standardized testing if you will mm-hmm. um, so
0: were you a good kid, bad kid?
1: Uh, I used to be a really, really good kid. And then I started hanging out with, uh, s- back some good friends of <laughs> mine who are still currently, you know, I call them family, but, uh, yeah. uh, they definitely showed me the other side of the world. You know, I started drinking and doing dumb stuff when I was 16. And then, uh, if I didn't go in the Marine Corps when I did, I probably would have gone down a darker path. So for instance, you know, one of these guys, uh, I was dating this girl and i broke up with her to go uh, talk to another girl that night talk <laughs> and uh so my cousin ended up sleeping with my old girlfriend who i broke up with just for like a 24-hour period right just for a quick yeah you know yeah so he calls me and he actually came over in the morning he's like hey just a heads up this is what happened between me and this girl i night." I was like oh, okay cool and i was kind of like off, I wasn't mad at him, but I was like, you just can't trust anybody, right? So, um, same day, my recruiter called me. Uh, this was what June. I wasn't supposed to go to boot camp till August.
0: Because were you you were still seventeen?
1: Yeah. Well, I was seventeen, but um, I was just slated for August because that's you know, the recruiters have a uh, like a quota, a quota. So they have certain people going in at a certain time to make sure that they're fulfilling their obligations. Yeah. So they get paid. Yeah. So he calls me and he's like. <laughs> Hey, uh, you know this guy dropped out due to, you know, a bad piss test. Are you going to be able to pass a piss test if you go to boot camp today? I was like,
0: Define piss I test. Should,
1: <laughs> I should be able to. He goes, yeah. Do you want to go? I was like, Yeah, for sure. So that day I left for boot camp, um, literally like a week after graduation, mm-hmm. and um, you know that started the uh, the ten year journey of my life in the Marine Corps. Ten years, dude.
0: That's a long-ass time to be enlisted. What did you uh, come out as?
1: I came out as an E-6, as a staff sergeant. Oh, okay. um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, ten years, you know, that's only halfway to, you know, the 20-year mark for retirement. Mm-hmm. But the interesting statistic is, is that people don't realize... Uh, 83% of officers don't even make it to 20 years and it's more along the lines of like 87% of enlisted personnel don't make it to a full 20-year retirement. Damn. So the odds are stacked against us. Actually yeah, I was going to
0: say, it. that's some staggering numbers. I didn't think it was that. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you got, that makes sense if you're thinking about a ton of, you know, they'd be top heavy right. if you had a bunch of officers and whatnot. So well, that's cool so what, what did you do what did you what was your MOS? what did you enlist as
1: so i originally went in for the marine corps infantry mm-hmm. and uh just straight grunt. yeah they're like you could have any job in the world why do you want to go to the infantry and i was like you know i just want to go do something that is going to make me that much tougher i don't want to sit behind a desk i don't want to push papers i don't want to be a mechanic Mm-hmm. But I don't want to do any of that stuff I want to be going in the military yeah I want to shoot guns I want to blow shit up
0: <laughs> I just,
1: you know I don't want to get in trouble for doing what I wanted to do when I was a teenager yeah so yeah uh-huh. um,
0: that good old teenage angst
1: yeah so got out of boot camp what was it June July August yeah the end of August went to infantry school September mm-hmm got out of infantry school um, went to the fleet in December yeah something like that but I, I know I got to the fleet December and then we were in Kuwait waiting to invade Iraq the next February so I'd been a real marine all of two and a half months before I was overseas
0: before they shipped you out and said yeah, before basically here's a rifle we're going to go have some fun
1: you need to do what you want to do. <laughs> right, with oh. minimal training.
0: With minimal training, of course. Yeah. So. <laughs> don't get dead.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> do better. But yeah. uh, the in, the initial invasion of Iraq wasn't. I mean, we had our we had our little battles, and when I say we, I mean the military, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, now what year was that? Two thousand three. Oh. wow. So. February 03 we ended up in Kuwait I believe it was the end of February beginning of March is when we started pushing but we were on a, you know what Amtrak is yes Aavs. Yes. we rode those all the way to Baghdad and now so,
0: those those carry what 12, 15 guys? Or is that? They're
1: supposed to carry like nine guys. Nine? <laughs> oh, shit. With gear. With gear. We made it fit like 12 to 15 of us. Oh, so it was like sardines in a can, basically. Yeah, and it was hot as yeah. shit out so there. So you have this yeah. big diesel motor at the front of the uh, the little cabin space there. Yeah. So anybody sitting in there closest to the motor was just, you could look at them, they were dehydrated. Anybody pass out? Uh, not that I saw. Like oh, I. Okay. I volunteered for air security as much as I could, just because I didn't want to uh, be stuck down in the uh, sardine can, basically.
0: Oh, so you were like uh, up top, or no?
1: So I, so the top opens up, and uh-huh. then so we'd stand on the bench where we were sitting, uh-huh. and then we just have our little heads and our rifles popped out of the top, so we get nice airflow. We we're not having <laughs> people squash us, and it's just it's a much better life.
0: Smelling some of. It ass as they're just nervously farting down the way (laughs) right
1: well the worst the worst part about it is we were in our uh, what's called mop gear so our uh, nuclear biological chemical suits Uh over our camis oh damn so we did that i want to say for like the first two to three weeks Mm -hmm. and so you're wearing full sets of camis in the desert and then wearing this charcoal lined suit that allows no airflow in. So you're just sweating and sweating and sweating, and sweating. You're not showering and you're just sweating. So you're like super skinny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you going to see Ethiopian nah, <laughs> or just dehydration?
0: Nah, just dehydration, you know. So it's real.
1: Yeah, we got to you know, really push up through Baghdad with minimal contact. Mm-hmm. The initial invasion, it was just kind of, at least for the unit I was with, it wasn't too horrible. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you didn't meet like, so much resistance that right. the mm-hmm. media tried to say... And I, I don't want to say media, There but were it,
1: other units that did, right? Like, oh, okay. Nazaria, the, there there's some big firefights there. Like, if you watched uh, Generation Kill on HBO, it kind of uh-huh. highlights some of the...
0: Uh, did you watch that? Yeah. Oh, okay. What did you think about it?
1: It was pretty good.
2: Okay.
0: Heading to... The invasion. So,
1: of, yeah, we pushed up to Baghdad, and then we went down to uh, Babylon. Babylon? Babylon. <laughs> yeah. It was an actual... So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, we actually toured the Babylonian ruins, and uh, nice. never really got appreciated it. I was just some dumb 18-year-old kid, so... Some 18-year-old kid? Uh, yeah, it was really interesting. So, we spent uh, from February to October in Iraq, Mhm. and... Uh, you know, we saw a lot of crazy things, but not necessarily combat-wise, right? Like, it was very...
0: Was it like sporadic? Like like you said, sporadic contact?
1: Well, so a lot of people don't understand the dynamics, right? So we dropped a lot of leaflets, you know, having these guys surrender, just kind of like we did in uh, the first Gulf War. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so, you know, there was some resistance but not a lot. And then we made a lot of mistakes. When I say we, it's the United States government and those people making choices as far as uh, you know, disbanding their armed forces. And basically we became what was protecting Iraq.
0: Oh, so you became the almost like the generalized security force.
1: Right. So the wow. police were kind of all up in the... Uh, All dispersed and there's really no security throughout the nation we destroyed their grid system you know there's really no electricity they had you know again they don't really have the greatest infrastructure in the world but at least they had an infrastructure system but they just really didn't want to fight us so you know a lot of the fighting actually happened after that after we disbanded the army and then we started trying to hold general elections like Uh you know we're bringing westernized democracy uh, yeah Yeah. so to a country that doesn't necessarily want it Mm -hmm. they just don't want to be ruled by a dictating asshole so um really oh four oh five oh six we started seeing the influx of foreign fighters you know the extremist islamic
0: so like ISIS or not, not ISIS, ISIS, but what they called it uh, Mujahideen, yeah.
1: Fettin, mm-hmm. um who, you know, were coming from other countries because they could now fight us in the Middle East. They, yeah. they couldn't really fight us in the United States. They really couldn't touch us. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, so now yeah. it's okay. Hey, you're close by. I don't ca- gotta catch a plane, no pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to cross a border. And try to kill some uh, some infidels before they kill me yeah and then I'm gonna die a martyr and go to heaven and have my you know,
0: 72 virgins. yeah which which never understood me I'm not being like a dick or anything but why would you want 72 virgins man mm. like it's just so weird to me like really virgins like I'd want 72 like
1: clean prostitutes. 72 (laughs) strippers. 72,
0: yeah, I'm not going to get any, you know, gonocyphal herbal aids. I'm going to get some really good times and have some good music playing.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, but you don't really, when you're 17, 18, 19 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, you go into these countries and nobody's innocent. You know, you're kind of in this mindset that Everybody's the bad guy. Everybody's a Muslim extremist.
0: Well, didn't they give you like a parameter, like anybody of um, like a certain age group, they're able-bodied military age military age males. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they there'd be criteria like military age males if they're on a cell phone walking toward you. Um, So obviously, the war rules of engagement were a lot looser than post and I'm saying post in quotes roles of engagement post war roles of engagement
0: gotcha so what they were portraying to everybody else it was like not so much there you know like when it was when you were actually in country right interesting that's cool
1: I mean we all pretty much live by you know rather be tried by uh, 12 than carried by 6 that makes sense so yeah
0: so like that was more the time when IEDs were introduced, and like
1: that was uh, you know the invasion was pre all that. Oh four oh five oh six was really all the uh, IED implementation and the uh, the snipers, the pop shots, the uh, mortars in the back of trucks where they just go to a position, drop this uh, the tailgate of the truck drop a couple mortars and drive off honestly you don't even think about it and I mean especially that far out of boot camp you know you're still kind of in that mindset that mindset of yeah. this guy's my leader he tells me to do this I'm doing this
0: he says jump I say how high I say yes sir may I have another
2: <laughs> right thank so, you sir yeah
1: even if you see something that may be a better way hmm it's like eh, this is what I'm being told to do I'm gonna do it yeah. So you're just kind of, you're just young and dumb, just like any nineteen year old in college right now. Yeah. They might think they know what the world is and what the world needs to be, but they're just young and dumb. They don't actually know what the world is. No doubt. So.
0: So you're looking at a higher ranking person, thinking, all right, this guy's got life experience. This guy knows more or less what. Uh, what I need to survive. Right.
1: This guy's gonna tell me what I need need to do to stay alive. So. Yeah.
0: Did you trust a lot of them?
1: yeah um so that was I mean that was the issue in the invasion right so my senior marines the people in charge of me they got stop lost so they were actually supposed to get out Mm -hmm. you know within a month or two of the war starting and so they got stop lost and extended and sent overseas with us because you know nobody wants a bunch of brand new idiots out of boot camp running a war basically yeah so um they left probably August or September Mm -hmm. and then we came home in October so there's still you know we had been through enough at that point to where we kind of understood what needed to be done on a daily basis you know they they trained us well but there's still that gap when they left
0: so you were in country how many times how many tours did you do
1: So I did three total, total. I did two to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. Um, so you know, February of 03 to October 03, uh, August 04 to May of 05. And then, uh, Afghanistan was 2010. So what
0: part of Afghanistan?
1: Uh, we were in Southern Afghanistan in, uh, The hellman province there it is hellman came to me see,
2: see? Seems a little uh, a little
1: tight.
0: you know some people think like when i'm tattooing and interviewing and and doing this like that i'm not really tattooing but i am really tattooing keith's just that much of a badass That like, this area which is really sensitive the most he's just talking through it like <laughs> like no problem but that you know i use nu- unicorn needles
2: oh,
1: i love unicorn needles. yeah
0: they're the mythological Pain-free needles.
1: Shrub <laughs> some cocaine on it. We'll be good. right.
0: I rub the hustle butter on it. This stuff's amazing. People always ask me, "Hey man, what's on your glove?" <laughs> Just made it this morning.
1: <laughs> it's the wrong hustle butter, it's man. The, right.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh, you know, it's my buddy's. Well, uh, he actually, the. Uh, creator of hustle butter he's a marine as well oh yeah so, yeah he's a marine, yeah, corps, marine corps veteran so off on another tangent no um ruling back in so you're okay so you're in country right which time um let's talk about when you got when was your first contact i mean i know that sounds kind of like oh yeah let's glorify but like when were you scared shitless or were you ever scared to the point of like
1: Okay. So, I mean, there was a couple times in the evasion, right? Like,
0: like you knew shit was going down. No, I mean,
1: <laughs> just, uh, so one time, right, we, when we were in these damn Amtrak's, mm-hmm. um, we were buttoned up. That means there's no air security. The hatches on top are closed, right? Uh-huh. And tanks had gone through, like, the night before and just decimated the Iraqi tanks. Yeah. So these tanks are still either on fire or just destroyed. Well we're going through and all of a sudden we start hearing these explosions. Well these tank rounds are cooking off.
2: Oh and so
1: we're stuck in this fucking sardine can stopped. Oh damn. And these tank rounds are just going off. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> like I just started having like a mini panic attack. Not because Yeah, you know, I was worried about um, dying. I just I'd rather die outside on my feet then stuck in a yeah. sardine can with 12 to 15 other dudes getting blown up because we're just sitting there like a bunch of jackasses. Ooh. So we end up dismounting and all you see around you is this fucking desert. Just and then this little green like palm tree oasis area, they're like, oh, we're gonna go through there and make sure there's no bad guys in there. So again, that, that hole just sitting in the Amtrak thing freaks me out. But then we go into this like little tropical area in the middle of the desert. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it, man. But, um, you know, we're walking through and then I start looking around and I realize there's all these like fighting positions in there. Like little bunkers. Oh shit. And I was like, if these had been manned, we would be be smoked. Smoked. And that's when I realized I don't ever want to go to like any tropical area for war. Send me to the desert all fucking day. <laughs> all day, all through the desert. Kind of makes you... Vietnam, Korea? No, thank you. I'll pass.
0: Yeah, dude. Makes you, um, I mean, at, at that point, like question your mortality. Right. right? You Because know, you're a kid. You're, you're thinking, I'm fucking invincible, man. Nothing's going to happen. It'll be all right. You know, whatever. But then, like you said, you see something like that and you go... Damn, yeah. we just walked into a <laughs> what could have been a uh, bloodbath. A very nice ambush.
1: <laughs> we would have screwed. Uh, another time, we in the initial invasion, we uh, on the way to Baghdad, we found a like a soda factory. Mm-hmm. So we definitely raided that shit, loaded up our uh, Amtrak with cases <laughs> and cases of soda.
0: What, soda? uh
1: you know there was some Smart American products <laughs> in there. Nice. Uh, But on our way out, we started taking sniper fire. So our Amtrak breached through um, like a center block wall. Mm -hmm. We dismounted and we were running across. And I swear to God, it seemed like a 10-mile field is probably like a couple hundred yards. Yeah. But uh, when you hear, yeah. (laughs) So you're running and at least this happened to me, everything slowed down. Like that, uh, those kind of like...
0: Like the dreams, those nightmares that you have weird, where the you The weird scenes run. you see
1: in a movie like Saving Private Ryan when he's oh, just yeah, sitting yeah, yeah. there at the end he's looking around and everything's so slow. Yeah. And so I'm running through this field and we're taking fire from the top of this building and I'm just like, this is how I'm going to die. Oh, shit. Like running through the field, like just thinking that. And then made it to the other side. Everything was good. But, yeah. Uh, so, you know... There were some things that happened in the invasion. Like I said, it was mostly not horrible, but uh, it kind of starts shaping you. It starts shaping the way you look at things and the way you uh, respond to things in kind of a darker way.
0: Mm-hmm. So did you, was that the first point where you just, you said like start to get go down that dark path, I guess?
1: Well, you start questioning things, right? Like. I grew up in this country and you know we have all these great things and i thought my life was so hard as a kid and here i am in a titled little fuckbag who really doesn't even <laughs> understand what the world's about you know yeah
0: um i'm from oregon yeah Now i'm fighting these dudes in fucking sandals i thought it, i was yeah.
1: i thought i had a understanding of culture because my mom married probably the only black guy in our town but uh you know unbeknownst to me i got to the most diverse workforce in the world, which is the military. Yeah. And realize that uh, I was still an ignorant shithead. But then we go to another country, and then I realize... Really? Even, no matter what race you are in this country, you're an ignorant shithead. So
0: here you are, little Keith Darnell, 18, starting to figure shit out. When did you turn 19? Were, Were you deployed still, or were you...? I turned
1: 18 in boot camp, I turned 19 in the invasion. Oh shit and then I turned 20 right before I went back in 04 and that's when I met my ex-wife
2: mm-hmm.
1: was before I went back going <laughs> going back thinking like oh it's going to be like 2003 everything's cool like you know they loved us there yeah they said, Bush Goods said oh, I'm donkey like they loved us <laughs> no they did not love us anymore and again it wasn't Necessarily, the local populace. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was the extremists. It, in a sense, was the local populace because of our presence. You know. Um, we could get the local population killed if they were you talking be, to you viewed guess. as helping us or talking to us or yeah, whatsoever. Um, so it was it was actually quite different. Engagements almost daily. You know.
0: So you just constantly... Were you part of doing, like, that house-to-house stuff and just...
1: Yeah. Um, so, I was out in Huseba in 04-05, which is right on the Syrian border. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have an entry control point, so we're having to guard the entry control point, check vehicles going across, check vehicles coming back,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, making sure they're not bringing shit into Iraq from Syria.
2: Um, which they were, but... Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um... I mean, we got eggs out of that, so we cooked it up with our spam. We had some good breakfasts. <laughs> but, um, spam and eggs. Spam and eggs. Fuck yeah. It's, uh, building blocks of our country. Right? Um,
0: it will stick to your gut. That's for damn sure.
1: But yeah, so uh, the city itself was like a mile by a mile wide, mm-hmm. right? So it was like just a square. And then uh, it was just an interesting place, man. But uh, there are times where. We're like, all right, we're looking for X, Y, and Z, so we're going to cordon off this part of the city, and we're going to go door to door, kicking in doors for the next eight hours, starting at, like, 11 p.m. at night and going until early morning. Oh, shit. Um,
0: No sleep for you.
1: (laughs) Felt really bad one time. I mean, I didn't have kids, Um, (laughs) but, you know, I had family who has kids at that time, Mm Mm-hmm. And so we're in like, can we paint? We decided to just go all out and have, you know, for lack of better words, a little bit of fun with this. And uh, so when we go into somebody's house, I call it kidnapping, basically. So we gather up the whole family, put them in one room. We search the house. And we either stay there for a couple days and make, we don't make them, but they usually feed us and, you know, treat us as guests. But, yeah. Um, I went upstairs and I was in this one room and I saw this little body on the floor under a blanket just sleeping so i go over it's this like little five-year-old girl and i just gently like shake her awake and she looks at me and she's like just bloody murder scream covers her head with the blanket i'm like "Ah."
0: like, i just just scarred this girl for
1: life she's gonna need therapy but uh she wasn't really getting up so i just handed my weapon off to one of my uh fellow marines and carry her ass downstairs um
0: Screaming or just, just you
1: know, I think her dad told her to like calm down or something, but yeah, I don't remember exactly. I just remember that look she gave me when I scared the fuck out of her. I was like, damn, I'm an asshole.
0: You're like, hi, I'm an American, and I'm here for you. (laughs) That's
1: here. Let me be what you actually think we (laughs) are—an asshole. So, um, yeah, that was it was a lot bloodier we lost quite a bit of people like the only people your people yeah the only marines we lost in the invasion were due to like negligence right like one of my buddies um he was on top of saddam's castle Mm -hmm. in babylon and went decided that on top of this castle on to get into the post he was going to go on the ledge to go in from the front of the post instead of just regular entry into the post and he slipped and he fell all the way down. Oh shit! So yeah, he was really our only casualty, um, and it was again due to dumb shit. But yeah, this in Husseba we were we had the what we called H and K sniper. Um, he was, uh, was he? They actually talked about him in uh, an American sniper. movie
0: Oh, he was the Syrian guy from the Olympics? Yeah. That, that crazy? What do he they call was him? just Mustafa?
1: running around just pegging people, just waiting for them to lift up their armpit and so just... that way he could shoot them through the armpit. Oh, shit. Because he didn't want to shoot us in our, our chest because we had our sappy plates, right? Yeah. And uh, so we had to deal with that bastard. We had to deal with the implementation of IEDs and really trying to figure out how to work, and work with those um, for the first time. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just it got crazy. But uh,
0: was that the first time in the second deployment? Was that the first time you were blown up?
1: or were you... Well, you know those tank rounds cooking off. So okay, right. So when we say blown up, right, it's just exposure to blast. Gotcha. So a lot of us, you know, have been exposed exposed to numerous blast waves. Yeah. Whether they were from enemy or from you know our own things. Correct. Okay. Right, so it's you know, the first two deployments, 03 to 06, though that time frame, even 07, if you weren't missing lens, if you weren't bleeding, if you didn't have shrapnel in you, mm-hmm. you're fine. Just go rest a little bit, wake up, start over.
0: Have some coffee, yeah. have a Gatorade, you'll be all
1: right. <laughs> so, you know, there are RPGs on that deployment. There were blasts on that deployment from IEPs. um, and really it's just the the blast waves that were really just taking its toll on us over time that we didn't even know about.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so, you know, we had a suicide vehicle hit one of our posts, destroyed that post. Um, just yeah. all sorts of things as far as uh, um, a plethora of goodie bags. New, <laughs> yeah, new new engagement techniques we had to figure out how to deal with on that deployment. if mm-hmm. um, yeah, we did, we, we got in the couple really big firefights killed some people in that in that uh, city you did yeah
0: was um, that like one of your medals right I mean got yeah a-
1: so I got what's called a Navy and Marine Corps achievement medal mm-hmm. for heroic valor which if you actually understand how awards work those awards aren't for heroic achievements you're supposed to actually get a higher award, but the Marine Corps sucks at issuing proper awards. So, you know.
0: (laughs) You get what you get. You get what you get. (laughs) not bitching about it. It's almost like a, hey, thanks. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So um, we kidnapped this family. We were there for probably like 24 hours. (laughs) Uh, Actual kidnapping. (laughs) (laughs) I was on post up top. Yeah. And uh, we call that overwatch. Yeah. And I just, I see these two gun trucks go by. And when I say gun trucks, I'm not talking about like little, you know,
0: Toyotas with the little uh,
1: little fucking RPKs or anything I'm talking about anti-aircraft yeah, fucking mounted trucks bastards that you and shoot. I'm like uh, I'm definitely not shooting a rocket at those but I'm gonna you know inform my higher up downstairs call them up this is what's going on uh, shit's getting crazy right now they're like alright if it comes back by um, let us know we may engage them um, et cetera et cetera yeah so within five minutes um a car stops in that area. Um, we call it the HK Triangle, so the intersection of that basically where Huseba becomes, what was it Karbala? Or I forgot what damn city that was mm-hmm. next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I see these four moosh fucks get out of their car. One has an RPG, and that's automatic engagement criteria. Yeah. So I did everything fucking wrong. Okay. I just want to throw that out there now (laughs) for anybody anybody listening. listening, He fucked everything up. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you're told not to do, you did. did. So, yeah. So, to preface, you know, this engagement. Yes. And (laughs) just to give us some context. So, as originally the designated marksman of my team
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, on this deployment, well, our saw gunner, the uh, squad automatic weapon, it's um, a big
0: ass rifle it's, too. Right? Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's, they made a new It's a movie.
1: machine gun, right? Yeah. And, uh, so we had. I, you're getting me off on tangents, Sorry. man. I love the. So car, anyways, I love so the he went home with <laughs> a, a herdier or some shit uh-huh. early in deployment. So uh-huh. then, I was walking around with a DM rifle, a shotgun, a saw. And sometimes an ammo pack, and either missing one of those guns and carrying a rocket. So oh I, yeah.
0: So you were weighted. I down was weighted down, pretty but, damn
1: good. So yeah. on post, I had the saw. Yeah. At a parasaw, which is collapsible buttstock, short, uh, shorter barrel. Mm-hmm. and uh And so I yelled down to below to everybody RPG, and they said it sounded not manly. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> RPG. Yeah. So
1: mind you, we were putting mosquito up, mosquito netting up. Uh-huh. In the doorway, so it you really couldn't see us, right? You couldn't see us through it. It just looked like a dark doorway.
0: Now, is mosquito netting code, or do they really no? It's like mosquitoes. Well,
1: they have mosquitoes, but so we just did it that way. You couldn't see me standing in the door looking at the intersection, right? Okay. So I pick up my saw, which you're not supposed to open up in ambush Uh with an automatic weapon, because sometimes you might hear click so you're supposed to either use a rocket yeah. or a rifle, right? Uh-huh. So I pick up the saw and I just start laying into these guys through this camo uh, through Cover. this uh, mosquito netting uh-huh. and uh, so literally, I don't let off this trigger I'm just holding this trigger on the saw through you're this 200 rounds
0: Jumping on these guys and
1: uh, by that time as I'm doing this, the whole squad had came up and they're waiting for me to stop shooting so they could go out onto the roof. So finally, uh I like shift over a little bit and as they're going out onto the roof, um I take position on the far left so I still have an avenue of approach on these motherfuckers and I'm still just shooting these people. Mm-hmm. This one guy I shot like five times, he gets up, he starts running away again, shoot him a couple times. Um gets up, you know, with his weapon, starts running away again, shoot him some more cuz he's just trying to Reposition himself to engage us. So these guys are all, like all hopped up on drugs and shit. Um, which
0: people don't understand because, you know, they see all these movies where one shot,
1: wow, guy falls. Yeah, done. And at this <laughs> range, you know, we're within 150, 200 yards. So the 5.5.6 five, rounds are just blown through these people's bodies. Yeah. They're not actually doing what they're designed to do, which is hit bone and then bounce around and cause, you know, and catastrophic turn, turn yeah, injuries. On, yeah. Um,
0: because the velocity on those things are just like yeah ridiculous.
1: So you know. That that's what I got uh, one award for. for they, so they, now you saved. Actually, all our friends back on base are like, uh, we thought you guys were dead because of how much fire we heard at one time.
0: So you saved, in essence, how many
1: dudes?
2: I
0: mean, how many they, guys? I don't know
1: move? if they knew we were there, right? But. Uh, You know, there's thirteen of us in that. Well, now you're just being
0: modest. Yeah. (laughs) So,
1: you know, they could have known we were there, and they were trying to open up a position because they knew American forces were in that area. But I just that intersection is notorious for IEDs and uh, ambushes. So, yeah.
0: So that was cool. I mean, that. So you got an award for that. Yeah. Medal of Valor, or
1: Mm, maybe Marine Corps achievement medal like but a gold star a V for combat distinguishment sexy yeah <laughs> and I was just doing my job I mean it's not like you know yeah I don't know but again you ask anybody who gets any sort of award it's like yeah I just did my job yeah I did yeah. what I was trained to do
0: you did you yeah you relied on your training you didn't fuck off you didn't like I mean, I did fuck up. I mean, you fucked <laughs> I I up. I stood you in a doorway and I
1: shot at people. No, no, right.
0: <laughs> so after that, so you, so okay, the first initial uh, blow up situation, I guess you could say, getting blown up and getting more of a, that was the tank rounds, right?
1: Yeah, just the uh, the concussive blast of that. Yeah,
0: because that alone can, well, like you said, give you a nice little concussion. That'll right fuck you up
1: and nobody even thinks
0: about that because well, they they're too busy thinking about and glorifying the IEDs that are just like an unfortunate and I'm not saying I'm not putting it trying to put it lightly or whatever that are blowing everyone up and just like maiming the shit out of people and doing all that you know they don't think to say oh well these big ass armor piercing tank rounds and he, you yeah. know like with that are just big bombs are causing the same kind of effect, you right? Know I mean? So, yeah.
1: And then you know, on that deployment, um, so we had uh, some force recon guys with us in mm-hmm. our in our compound.
0: Now those are the special forces guys, right? Those uh, are force recon is that?
1: They're not actually, sp- they're our type of SF, but they're not. I don't believe they are part of the SF community. Oh, okay. Per se. Okay. I could be wrong, um, but. Um, they were out and they got fucked up pretty bad, so we called in a bird to come out back them out. So we send two vehicles out, and we're driving through the worst part of the city, just waiting to get ambushed ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we call this bird in a medevac, and then uh, we start getting we get him out. Bird lifts off. We start driving down uh, what's called Trash Road at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if it was a crush plate or if we just fucking missed it, but the Humvee behind us mm-hmm. just lifted fucking destroyed it the front off. end. You know, just, it, it's like they hit a wall, bro. like the back end lifted up, um, tire was flying in the air, Our hum, the guy driving our Humvee stopped, we told him to keep going or else that tire would have fucking hit us, and you know, we don't have armor at this time, we have yeah, you guys just have that basic... We're just basic bitch Humvees. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we pull up, we set up security, go back to check on the, you know, the people on Humvee. Yeah. People are missing their legs. It's just, it's a fucking bloodbath. So we had to call the bird back to medevac these people out. Yeah. Then we had to tow this bitch back to the fucking uh, base. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was it was one thing after another, man. Just... Constant engagement.
0: Uh, That's I know it's a sensitive subject, and it's probably going to be a a, just a question. I mean, for my ignorant ass, and for my viewers. But when you were, I mean, you guys build up that brotherhood, right? You guys have the you know the quintessential like you have to be able to give your life for yeah the dude next to you and everything. Did you ever lose a couple of brothers or like Um, people that you knew, or was it just was it more of a
1: Yeah, so, right, like, nobody's there to actually, in my opinion, some people might be, nobody's there to actually bring freedom to Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah. We're there because we're told to go there, we're there because we've created this bond, we're there to try to bring everybody home, right? Mm So, um, outside of my platoon, you know, I had had friends in other platoons who had actually either got medevaced out or, um, you know, paid the made the ultimate sacrifice and one of these guys I remember sitting at home before we deployed and uh, he's talking to his wife and they just had a new baby and he's talking about how you know he can't wait to come home and spend time with them Mm -hmm. you know and uh, when you don't have a family of your own and you're just kind of a bachelor and no kids nothing yeah no real girlfriend um, this shit happens you're like why did it have to happen to this motherfucker yeah you know he had a family to go home to i don't have shit to go home to let me let me switch places with this guy so it's and so you start building the survivor skill. survivor skill yeah you know they say you'll never find god quicker than when you're on a battlefield
0: yeah or no atheists in a foxhole or what do and, they call uh,
1: <laughs> and maybe i'm i'm uh the exception but i actually lost religion on the really? battlefield Interesting. Um, I remember sitting there on post one night and I actually thought I was fucking going crazy. But I was having an argument with myself about God being real and how, you know, if he's a forgiving God and a just God, how can he allow the shit to go on? Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of when I really started going down the path of man-made religions fucking a scam just to control masses. And I do believe in something higher. There's got to be something higher, right? Yeah. But do I believe that whatever that power is interacts with us no do i i'm more of a prove it for lack of a better words a deist right where it's like yeah. somebody just created us and he just let it be here you no, go like whatever a, happens happens you like guys a, fuck it up you fuck it up like a social science project or right. some kind of a uh-huh. like where some kids ain't farm basically how you going good fine nice are you See, even doing dude, anything Total <laughs> badass,
0: man. Are you even in me? That's just the only time I'll ever how, let someone say uh, that. How deep in me are how you? How deep right? are you? <laughs> is it just the tip. <laughs> or? I don't feel you, Matt. I'm like, what the fuck? I, I, <laughs> Your poor wife. You no, know, my poor wife is just, you know. <laughs> so I don't feel you either. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> Somehow, made some babies. All right.
0: Hey, yeah. Hey, doesn't have to reach the back. Just has to reach the tubes. No. <laughs> um. So after that medal. Right, after you get that medal, you're in country, you save twelve people, thirteen people. Right. I say you save it. You made tomato tomato, whatever you wanna say. That's pretty fucking badass. Um, you opened up on a position and I don't wanna say you were outgunned, but dude, if they would have turned around and said kaboom, hmm. kaboom, kaboom, like fuck you, right. you're dead. <laughs> like we wouldn't be tattooing your back right now, okay, yeah. you know? So yeah, I mean a lot of respect in that aspect I've never known that story I never heard that whole story and we've talked about a lot of things um, so that I mean that's that's awesome you know um, but I remember when I was tattooing your wife uh, she was telling me she found his box you know mm-hmm. of all your medals and all your uh, accolades if you will or you know things that you did in your ten years of service
1: My Call of Duty box.
0: Your Call of Duty box. (laughs) And she was sitting there going like telling me, You know, my husband's a fucking badass (laughs) And I'm just going like, Well yeah, he's a pretty bad dude She goes, No, (laughs) like he's got medals and he's got uh letters from, you know, higher ranking officials (laughs) and saying, Hey Keith, thanks for doing that, you know and, and I was like, "That's pretty fucking cool," you know. But then you told her, "Throw that shit back in the box." <laughs> it's not a big deal.
2: It's, Just put it away.
0: Yeah, it's. It, I don't like to hear about that, you know. But so, does that bother you when, when you bring up or when people bring stuff up like that, like so, like when people ask you about the medals and they ask you, like, "Hey, how'd you go that?" You know, or you, ignorant like me. There's,
1: <laughs> there's, in my opinion. Again, all this is my opinion. There's two types of people, right? Yeah. Those who are willing to talk about it that are pretty asshole-ish in everyday life. Yeah. And those who aren't willing to talk about it and might be nice and personable, but they still avoid everybody, but they still deal with it at night, right? Like You're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Why are you going to not talk about it? Because you don't want to look weak to somebody? like. I'm sorry, Matt, but if I was talking to you about something and something fucked me up and you started calling me a pussy because of whatever emotional reaction I have, I'd have to punch in your throat.
0: Oh, absolutely. So... Without without a doubt.
1: um, You know, again, we have that survivor's guilt and it's so fresh for some people when they talk about it because they don't talk about it. They don't address it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really... In my opinion, the only way to really get through that is to talk about it and to actually do self analysis and be like, is there literally anything I could have done? Yeah. I mean if I did do something, could something worse have happened? Yeah. So you
0: would know. you would you still be here? I mean again and a lot of guys are I'll make that ultimate sacrifice.
1: I will do that.
0: I will
2: Right. Like do one of my
1: one of my best friends, William Hampton. He's here because Jason Dunham, the first Marine to get the Medal of Honor since Vietnam, jumped on a fucking grenade for him. Mm-hmm. My buddy has five kids now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, had he not done that, my buddy wouldn't have his kids. I wouldn't know my friend, you know? So, yeah. you know, is there survivor's guilt there? I don't know. Not, you know, he hasn't really talked to me about it, but I know he's fucking grateful every day to Jason. And to his mom. I know he became pretty close with uh, with his mom because he did that. And he allowed my friend to go forward and have this life. Yeah. So, and that that's kind of like the driving force behind uh, everything I do, right? Like, those people who can't do this shit. It's just to honor them. Yeah, we discredit them by sitting around and feeling sorry for ourselves and getting fucking fat and getting disgusting and feeling like victims and... Doing dumb shit, like go live your fucking lives, man. Go. Like you're here. Yeah. Go. Because of them. Go achieve greatness. Whether somebody else defines it as greatness or not, that's that's not your concern, right? Like, if your greatness for the day is leaving the fucking house and interacting with ten new people, awesome. Yeah. You can't just, you know, tackle the mountain and conquer it in one day. You have to do it a little bit at a time. So, yeah. um, you know, that really, I knew I didn't really want to go down that road. And uh, you know we all have kind of like this little I like to call it a five year period of darkness where you just go fucking nuts. But uh, while I was going nuts, I was you know going through school and trying to, better yourself. trying to better myself. I was actually you know I'm still in therapy today. I started therapy in twenty ten. Yeah. And shit just doesn't go away. It's not a fucking instant process.
0: In in essence, you're you're honoring the dead.
1: You know you're you're your livings because they can't because they can't there's i mean if they if they sacrifice themselves for you or you know um something happened where you lived and they didn't
2: Mm -hmm.
1: by whatever that you know whatever caused that just happenstance or whatnot yeah like you owe it to them to live your life to the fullest if you're just gonna if you're gonna essentially be dead in your life then, yeah, that thought process of why him, not me, is actually valid because Because you're doing a disservice, right? Like, that person may have lived their life and done all these great things.
0: True. I mean, you don't know what they could have been. Right. They could have been a doctor, a lawyer, cured cancer, you know, something. But now you've got somebody who's, I don't want to say taking it for granted and just being like,
1: it's not taking it for granted. It's just not dealing with their shit, and I don't want to call them a victim. Yeah. But it's that same like mentality mentality of being a victim, right? Like yeah, you're frozen, you're paralyzed in fear, or fear, right? Like you have fight or flight, you still have the ability to fight and do fo- do something, but uh, you just don't. And I I don't know if you remember that Facebook. Fucking blurb I wrote, right? Like, it, it's a constant battle. Like I'd get up when I first got out and I'd be like, oh, you know, lying in bed thinking about all these great things I'm going to do today. Today's going to be the day I'm going to get out of bed and go forward with my life and get out of this fucking funk. Yeah. And then I'd get in the shower and then I'd start thinking about shit and I'd watch the water spiral down the drain. And then it just, it was a perfect analogy for what I was doing because I was just spiraling out of control to where I'd just dry off, go crawl back in bed because I'd depress myself, upset myself so much with a negative attitude that I wasn't gonna be, do anything, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What's the point? Somebody's gonna piss me off. Somebody's gonna make me angry. What's the point of going out? Fucking world's a piece of shit, right? So it took me challenging that viewpoint and meeting people who actually challenged that viewpoint to realize that I was just being a dipshit yeah so well
0: you know how you said um, if I want to or if somebody makes a comment you, you based off of your emotional reaction you know like you start talking about some sensitive material you know start sensitive subjects right right and you have a genuine emotional reaction to it be it if you were crying, if you were doing something. And then somebody says, Hey man, why are you being a pussy? You know, blah, 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 blah. And he, like you said, you would have to sock him in the face. You know, right. tune him up a little bit. You know, it's one of those things that you that you live with, like you said, daily basis, where it's, you're going to get that from just ignorance. You know, you're going to get that from people that are just so insecure with themselves and just have to talk shit about everybody and everything. Right. You know, and they just they don't understand it.
1: You know, they don't get it. So Well, they have their own shit that they're probably dealing with, exactly. but you know, they don't want to address it cuz yeah. they probably
0: cuz then they'd pussy. open themselves yeah. up. Yeah, it would open themselves up to to their, you know, their own scrutiny. And then right. they'd have to shine the light on them on themselves which they're definitely not gonna fucking do but you know for instance i don't drink i don't smoke i don't do drugs none of that shit i have my reasons you know a lot of reasons and i've been told plenty of fucking times well you don't well why don't you drink what do you become violent Do you become you know what are you a pussy you know blah 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 blah. you know you just don't want to fucking do this do that And it used to get to the point, and i would be completely honest, man, it would get to the point where, you know, somebody's like, oh, what, are you a pussy? And I'm like, dude, let's go out here and we can find out how much pussy I really am. Kick my ass, I'll shake your hand. I'm probably going to beat the shit out of you. And that was my anger. That Mm -hmm. was my, you know, so I'm curious, like, do you feel that same way? Yeah,
1: so, you know, I don't drink anymore. Um, just because, you know, and you see it with a lot of veterans who drink, they think it helps them tackle their demons and really just makes them numb to the damage that they're they're doing to everybody around them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as like, you know, someone calling you a pussy because of whatever, because you're doing this or doing that, it's not to the point of, uh well, let me show you how much of a pussy I am. Yeah. It's more of a... I'm speaking about somebody who paid the ultimate sacrifice and, you know, or something like that and you're just totally disrespecting, disrespecting them. Yeah. It, it's it's less to do with me personally than it has to do with the content, right? And uh, Or their memory. Right. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I could care less. I I get people try to... Fight me on the freeway all the time, and I just fucking laugh at them. That's because they're staring at your ass. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no homo. Get out of your truck.
1: Come up to mine. Pose a threat. Yeah, let me, and let me, and they just shoot you.
0: Let me just thump you. Just one.
1: depends on how I feel that day. Yeah. Especially if I have my kid in the car, man.
0: That's the thing. You gotta. Once you have family or people are doing stupid shit, and it's your you know, like you said, now you can understand it, but when you're back yeah nineteen I mean. years old, no family, no I mean, no kids, no dependents basically. Right. You didn't exactly. have anyone who's like reliant upon you Exactly. So now you've got something, you know, you got a wife, you got a kid, you know
1: Yeah, and no, that I means
0: someone takes tries to take that away from you. The fucking beast comes out and says, Good. listen, motherfucker, you yeah, like, if it's gonna be you or me going home, it's gonna be me going home. You're not going home, dude. You're,
2: your ass is fucked.
1: You so. But that's like, so when I got home from my second deployment, you know, I was really kind of emotionally numb. Yeah. Um, really didn't know which way it was up. Ignored all these signs. Uh, why I shouldn't marry this chick. Who I barely fucking knew.
0: That was your first life? Yeah. And how old were you? How, how
1: old were you? When? I was. i uh. What was that? Um. Shoot, man. I'm trying to think. I just turned It's kind of hard.
0: from jamming you up in the back with yeah. this fucking needle. No, no, I'm just. <laughs>
1: Cause it was 05 when I got home so I wasn't even 21 yet oh damn yeah um, and then my stupid ass had my dad give her my car so she could drive down to uh, to see me as soon as I got home my dumb ass went out and bought a ring and proposed and she said yes and
0: because like you know
1: of... well yeah. Oh, shit. I was definitely in love with the thought of hey, I'm gonna go to war again and gonna die, so I need to at least leave, you know, the little spawn of me running around fucking this place up while I'm gone. Right. Um So that's really why I got married and ignored all the signs, like all the signs. Yeah. There could have been a blinking sign that said this bitch is a whore, don't <laughs> care. <laughs> and I like whore, <laughs> whore, whore, whore (laughs) You're like so, uh, yeah. All right. uh, You know, uh, and then uh, I I switched. I didn't switch jobs, but I took a what's called a type of B billet, and uh, didn't deploy. I wasn't with the combat unit. I was just doing a bunch of dumb shit. That when you uh, when you're kind of not training at the same pace, and you're not deploying, and not doing the same shit, Uh um, you realize. how kind of fucked up you are so you know that's when I started getting into gaming and secluding myself and Mm -hmm. not really dealing with my trauma I knew something was fucked up with me I just didn't want to address it and you start started getting headaches from all those fucking blast waves and shit that I was exposed to yeah and uh you know that didn't contribute well to a marriage anyways I mean again out of two years she probably lived with me for two weeks oh shit but uh um it is what it is you know
0: um i'd like to say thank you mm-hmm. for everything and showing you know with the everyone here um if you're still watching thank you for sitting along if you've learned anything give us a like a thumbs up share it subscribe and again thanks for uh being with us i'm sure there'll be another episode with keith on here because we've got a long ways to go but uh yeah, if you if you're still this far, thanks for taking that trip beyond the ink. I'm Matt Valdez. I will see you next time. Peace.